0: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: What it do, what it do, guys. It's Anthony here, man, a.k.a. Hood Scout, back again for another edition of the Hood Scout podcast. And this is really a unique podcast, a podcast like no other we're going to have athletes we're going to have coaches we're going to have intellectuals we're going to have media members of all sorts and don't forget guys to like this podcast share this podcast and help grow this podcast this is not just my podcast this is also your podcast and the only reason it's going to grow is because you guys are going to be invested in it guys sit back get your beverage of choice ready get your popcorn ready get your dinner ready get your steak ready Get your vegan meal ready. Tune in, guys. Hood scout. Peace. Hey, what to do, guys? Back again for another podcast introduction. Uh, this one, man, it was, it, was, it was really great. I had to get this legend on. She's a she's a legendary track and field coach um in the in the greater DFW area, the area that we consider to be Lancaster, Texas. I mean, just, just won a slew of state championships, a, a slew of district championships. I mean, we're talking Dynasty type numbers. Uh, in fact, she had the, the the high school football stadium complex is named after her. Uh, so shout out to Lancaster High School. Shout out to uh, Coach Paul, the football coach out there. But uh, this is an interview with Coach Humphreys. Uh, she's a, like I said, a legendary track coach. The winningest track coach. No, I no. Let me let me phrase it right. The winningest coach in UIL history, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, really lock into this one. Really, really, really not a long interview, but one I had. I had great pleasure of talking to a legend. um You know, and if you're a coach or you're a track runner or anything like that, uh you would definitely glean a little bit from this one. So continue to like, guys. Subscribe. Comment. I love all that good stuff, man. We are continue to build this thing organic. And uh organic it is, man. Signing out. Let's have a blessed day. Peace. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Hood Scout Podcast. Uh, In this episode, uh, I'm not in video, but my guest is, which I'm really uh, sorry for because I want to be on as well, but I have some technical difficulties on this side. But I got a I got a really a legend, you know, arguably probably one of the greatest coaches that I've had the privilege of talking to on this podcast. And I've talked to maybe 20 or 30 coaches, including college coaches, coach without further ado, tell the people who you are and uh, where you're from.
2: My name is Beverly Day Humphrey, and I am from Dallas, Texas, and a proud graduate of Dallas-Lincoln.
1: Now, Coach, and like I was saying just a second ago, I mean, you're, you're, you're legendary. I mean, I, I remember hearing about those Lancaster teams when I was knee-high to a grasshopper, maybe 13, 14 years old. Where, mm-hmm. did, where did, what did, what did, what did this thing first start? Like, you know, where, where were you from? And, and, and talk to me about that introduction into athletics in general.
2: Well, it started at Lincoln High School. Uh, uh, Fred Allen was my coach and Luther Gentry. But Coach Allen walked up to me one day in January and he said, girl, you look like you can run. And he said, I want you to be on the track tomorrow at 430. And I said, yes, sir. And I went out on the track and we practiced. And lo and behold, I'm the fastest thing in Dallas in the state uh as well i posted the fastest time and from there coach tankersley called barbara jacket and uh who was at Prairie View, who had the number one team in the nation at that time and um of course she talked to my mom and i had family members that had gone to Prairie, Prairie View and graduated and i had other offers as well but my mother said you're going to pv and so on to PV, All-American Olympic Trial Finalists and all of that. And from there, just went to uh, Texas A&M Commerce uh, to work on a doctoral degree and uh, met my husband, Chuck, and the rest is history. Uh, he he, he uh, asked uh, someone uh, if they knew if there were any job openings. And so the person told him Greenville and so I went over and applied because we were planning a wedding at that time. And, uh, uh, the personnel director said, well, um, do you want to coach? And I said, if it pays more money and he <laughs> said, yes. And so I went out there my first basketball game, I got beat 92 to six. And then it was, they named me the head track coach. And so then I went on and, and once I, um, uh, got in that arena and it felt like home um the dream of being a um a black college president historical black college president was out the window uh it only took two weeks for me to know that coaching is what i wanted to do for the rest of my life
1: oh man that's 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 a lot we gotta unpack that coach that that is a lot um it's kind of funny. I had I just received, and today, literally, how Time is something from the pair of you. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 30. I just turned 30. I didn't realize that before the UIL, the pair of you in a scholastic league, and um, the president of the league just sent me something. So it's funny you mentioned pair of you. So, Coach, when you first got in this thing, even as an athlete, did you think that you had a future in it or was it more kind of just something to do?
2: No. Um, any task or anything like that i'm serious about it i'm i'm kind of serious people think some people think i'm too serious but even back in high school uh i just knew i wanted to win uh, i was taught to be a winner in life and so and my mother groomed me from the time i was two or three years old to want to be the best to be one want to be number one and so in high school uh when i was running those times and all that Um, all you thought about was being a champion. And so that's what I thought about. And I love running. I didn't know that I would because I had been a cheerleader, Um, but I love running. Uh, I like the discipline of it. Um, The coaches at Lincoln, um, they were great. They inspired me to uh, run faster, be better. Uh, we We talk about teams a lot, and I've always been the one that prayed on the team and tried <laughs> to hold the team together. And that's always been my role. So um this is I'm living my dream.
1: So, so um what what events did you run? I mean you said you were fast and I mean that that stood out to me. What what events did you run back back in your days?
2: I ran the hundred when I was in high, high school. I and ran the four one, the four by four and the hundred. And um, I I ran a 10-8, the 100-yard dash.
1: Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial. Plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code program.
2: Not the hundred meters, the hundred yard dash. And so on to college as a sprinter. And of course, if you ran for barber jacket, you were going to run the quarter. And so I qualified for the trials in the one, the two and the four. I elected to run the 200 because, um, we had set an American record in the four by four. And, um, Most of my teammates were running a quarter and I took the easy way out to run the 200. I had just won the USTFF national championship uh, in the 200. And so uh, I elected to uh, have a workout that wasn't as tough was the real reason. And then I ended up paying for that because one of my teammates that had never beat me made the Olympic Games. So... Um, that's my story on that. So, the oh, wow. That's,
1: cool. that's interesting. My bad, coach. That, that was interesting what you just said. Wow. Okay. I'm listening, coach.
2: Well, basically, um, that mistake in my life is the thing that has driven me to be the best. I didn't know anything but winning. We wanted Lincoln, we wanted part of you. When I started coaching, uh, we were winning. And so um, that's, that's, that's the ultimate goal for me. Now, my mom told me that losing is a part of winning, and I accept that too. You're just not going to win them all. But the ones you're supposed, supposed to win, that is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to develop your team in a way that they have a chance to win at all levels. Like right now, we're in championship season district area regional and state so we take one at a time and but the goal is to try to win the state championship and if we don't to place in the top three or be the best we can be that year
1: yeah coach um let me ask you this when you first got started into the coaching ranks Were there any roadblocks when you first got started and if they were because, you know, people people see you today and I I really don't think you get the credit you deserve because just because of the longevity that you have along with winning. But we will lead up to that. But uh, when you first got started in this thing, did you have any roadblocks at the beginning? And if so, what were they?
2: Yes, I did. Uh, Being the first black coach hired at Greenville High School um, back then. It it was very different. Um, You know, I had some issues and some problems with the color of my skin. Uh, The fact that the black kids uh, catered more to me because I understood them and the white kids loved me, too. But just that whole thing of being the first and being black. I had some trials. I had some things to overcome, things that were not fair in the program, things that that were overlooked that kids did or that, you know, I did as a coach were overlooked, and um, it, it hurt. And when I came to Lancaster, I was the first black head coach in Lancaster high school history and the first black head department, head of department in Lancaster high school history. And I had some bang, bang, up, you know, things that I had to go through as well. And a lot of it had to do with the color of my skin. And, wow. um, you know, you just you stick to it and you do the best you can and um, you move on and you, you focus. That's one of the great things. Uh, one of the things that I love about myself is that I can stay focused in the midst of a tsunami. If I'm mm. coaching, that's what I'm doing. I'm coaching track. And then there are some out there that they don't even know me, have never had a conversation with me, but someone said this or that. And you know, you just know how that goes. But here again, I'm gonna stay focused and I'm gonna keep my kids focused. And I am proud of the fact that um we've been to state in the mile relay 24, 25 times. In um, 19, we missed going to state in the mile relay. I think it was a 20-year stretch, and we've probably been to state in the mile relay more than that, but just a good program is a program that can stay consistent. You don't have to win every cha- state championship, but everybody needs to know you're there, and that's how I feel.
1: My, 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 we're about uh, I, I'm not sure how I many. We're probably about 8 or 9 minutes in. I can't see my timer, but uh, talking with the head track coach at, at Lancaster, a le- legendary coach. I mean, I mean, I mean that in every sense of the word. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm try to pick her brain, and, and I don't know how much time you got, coach. But I'm enjoying it up until now. So, coach, when you first started into the coaching ranks, how old were you, and then where were those first schools? Because here I am thinking that your first school was Lancaster, but who was that that, that first? Or what were those jobs before Lancaster? And what what, what year are we talking about?
2: I was in Greenville. Greenville, and, okay. Yes. And, excuse me, I was 24 years old. And I started at the middle school and worked my way up to the high school. Because at one time, at one point in life, I was a great volleyball coach. um oh, records, wow. Um 556 wins and 176 losses. Come on, coach. So, You're yeah. a
1: legend. I'm sorry, girl. And I'm, I'm going to tell you why this gets me so excited, Coach, because as I've, interviewed, as I've interviewed, you know, a basketball coach may have won three or four championships, a football coach may have won one two. What I've noticed, winners, they never just start winning. It's like they were always winners, Coach.
2: Well, it's, I just go back to, you know, my upbringing and what my mother taught me. I've just been – I'm an only child, and my my parents are only children, and so – I was raised in an atmosphere where a lot of playing around and silliness uh, really wasn't tolerated. And so I've just pretty much been serious and have always wanted to be at the top of my game, no matter what I was doing. Uh, so I just feel like this was instilled in me and I carried it through. And being a part of Barbara Jackett's program at Prairie and the way she ran her team, I learned a lot from that lady, and um, the discipline that she had. We were college women, but we were disciplined, and I I bring all that to the table uh, with my team here in Lancaster.
1: So, Coach was was Lancaster or Lancaster, as I said, you know, was that your second uh, your second coaching job?
2: Yes, and I probably missed a piece of the per uh, question. But in Greenville at middle school, and then was moved up to the high school, and then Lancaster recruited me uh, to come here uh, to, to Lancaster. The AD at the time, he uh, asked uh, the AD uh, at Texas A&M Commerce if she knew of a good volleyball coach. And she said, the best coach is over there at Greenville High School. So he called me. And we talked and I turned the job down and uh, he called me back and asked me if I would just come and sit. And I did that. And uh, it was going to be paying more money and uh, I was going to be a department head. So that's why I made the move. I've never wanted to school hop. I wanted to be in a one high school town, Mm -hmm. uh, which I love and I wanted to stay put my parents from dallas and so i was not going to go too far away from them so that's my story and i'm sticking to it
1: <laughs> coach let me ask you this now when you got to lancaster and i'm guessing here because i said i'm a lot younger so i'm assuming that's the late 90s um did what were the what were the, were the demographics of lancaster like it is now was it a little bit different back then
2: it was very different um Lancaster, at the high school, we had five Black teachers, well, four Black teachers and one uh, Black assistant uh, principal. And I would have maybe one or two Blacks throughout the day in my class. So it's like it's slipped completely because it was a predominantly uh, white school. When I came
1: to Lancaster, I didn't even realize that. I did not realize that. I was talking to another coach, and he and he, he mentioned that about Cedar Hill, and he actually said that he thought that Lancaster was the first one. He said it changed overnight, and you kind of you kind of sharing those same sentiments. That, that's very interesting to me. So, yeah. coach, when you when you when you when you finally got to Lancaster, you finally got that thing rolling. You know, you won your first state championship, and and, and that what was going through your mind, coach, like. When you first started, what was your ways of getting better as a as a woman's track coach back then?
2: Well, um, I I brought with me a lot of lessons from Barbara Jackie. So okay. when I started out, she was my mentor, and so I started doing the things that she had taught us in college to do. Uh, I knew how to do workout schedules and all that. I'd been a sprinter and a quarter miler and uh, the organization of it all. So coming into Lancaster, I brought all of that with me from Greenville because people don't know, but I won two district championships in Greenville uh, in track and field, the first girls team to win a district championship in Greenville. And also I won a district championship in volleyball. And Greenville was a 4A school that competed on a 5A level back then. And so I just brought all of those tools and instinct. Just um, I would say some God-given talent to Coach Track. And yeah. I brought that with me. And I started my programs and um and and success came knocking at the door. It didn't take long.
1: Coach, I can imagine. I can imagine that those girls gravitate toward you. I don't know how you were back then versus now, but I, I, I could imagine they gravitate toward you. Um, speak to the type of coach you are and, you know, as far as you are with those children, because I'm sure, I'm sure they look up to you now, of course, because I mean, you're legendary, but even back then, was it a way that you carried yourself where those kids kind of identify with you to where that allowed you to help build your program?
2: Yes, they did gravitate to me. Um, And I had, I feel like when you're coaching, you have to have a hook. And and that's the way I came out of it. And what that means is I started letting my kids dress alike. Uh, On my volleyball program, we dressed alike every Tuesday and Friday. Uh, The parents would go and we would pick out unit outfits way back then. And we would wear those unit outfits because the the number one thing in Lancaster at that time was drill team. She was over a hundred strong. So then we started doing the shoes alike and that fed on over into track. And so now we're known for that. But other than that, I'm someone that's relatable. I'm not the coach that's that thinks she's 16 and trying to be your best friend. I'm your friend, but I am your coach. I'm your adult friend. And so, yes, we've shared a lot through the years. There's a certain way I want them to act. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, they booze They're not booze you. are just not going to be cutting up, loud, boisterous. You're just not going to do that with me. On a bus, you're not all that loud talking. You're just not going to do it. And that's how I run my program. And when my kids come to me and they have problems, they talk to me about it. And they know it's not going to go anywhere unless it's some harm in it. And I will call mama, but uh, I'm a hugger. I hug on them all the time. I explain to them. They don't get out there and run. I get on the board. I explain everything to them. Why you're doing this? Why you're doing that? This is the way you run the quarter. All of those type of things. And I talk to them about being champions. The first day that I come in there, uh, because uh, they're in cross country, uh, we're talking about the team goals and what we're going to do. I'm stressing, be a young lady. This is how you carry yourself. I'm all of that. If, you, if you're if you crying and you're hurt over oh, your boyfriend or something, I understand that because I went through that in high school and my drill team coach, because I was in drill team and I was a truly that Lincoln, but um, she, uh, she just kind of made me an outcast because I cried because I broke up with my boyfriend. Well, I understand all that. So I can relate to that. And I don't just talk to them about track. I know something about each one of my girls, what you're doing in your life or something about church or your family or y'all are traveling here and there and I'm strict and um, my workouts are hard, you know, and that's, that's how we do it over here.
1: I love it, man. I, I really, and I, I love this coach. I, I love this stuff because I, I love wisdom and it's just, I mean, you, you built something where people should listen when you talk. Let me ask you this, Coach. When you heard the word culture, as as you was talking, I I kept thinking culture, culture, culture. When you heard the word culture, which is a kind of a big topic word in the coaching or just athletics community, period, no matter the sport, um, what does culture mean to you, Coach? And how how does one develop
2: that? Well, culture means that you have to... Of course, you have to develop the culture that you want your team to be surrounded with or your school or whatever it is. So for me, it's done by uh, discipline. I feel that discipline sets the culture for what you're going to do. The kids are going to have fun. They're going to dress nice. They're going to say, yes, ma'am. They're going to do this. They're going to love on each other. coaches are going to love on them they know that they are from lancaster and there's a target on their back you have to be able to handle that you don't get on social media i'm not saying none of mine do but you don't have to talk you let your feet do the talking you have pride in the uniform that you put on because in the locker room it says you're standing in the midst of great greatness so you had all these people to come before you they have really set the culture and you just have to come in and intertwine with that. So for me, the culture of my program is doing the right thing all day, every day. And if you're not doing that, you're trying. And if you need help with that, then you're going to go talk to Coach Humphrey. Go ahead, Coach. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, you, it was another part of that question you asked me, and I just got to that part. It's, it's, it's just how you act. How you present yourself, and all of the kids have to do it—the freshman, the JV, the varsity. It, it, it. And I'm not saying that it goes to according to plan each and every time. But when it doesn't go according to plan, there's going to be some consequences for your actions.
1: Well, good stuff, good stuff, Coach Humphrey, head coach at uh, Track Coach. Coach, let me ask you this. And I, and, I, and I think this kind of goes along with what we just said, but this is really the million-dollar question. How does one sustain greatness? And, and, and a two-parter, what is greatness to you, but how does one sustain it, Coach? Because like I said when we first started this thing, I remember because I went to a private school in Lancaster, I remember hearing about y'all winning. When I was in, what, uh, seventh or eighth grade, and I'm now 30, so that had to be over 15 years ago. How do you sustain this thing, coach? Because that's that's really admirable.
2: Okay, Um, for me, the first thing is. You have to be able to coach what you get, you have to be able to look at a kid and know that by this certain time, the junior year, this is going to be a stud or this is going to be someone who can help us. You have to coach all of the kids. The kids that may come in, they might run a 65 quarter. You set goals with them. And and, and in my experience, that same kid will give you a 55 if you work with them. So um, and, and that's one of the greatest things for me is the fact that All of my years in Lancaster, we've won. We've won 32, uh, 33 district championships, uh, 17 regional championships, eight area championships, 13 state titles, and 34 titles in relays, state championships and relays. And it's all about coming out following the plan that I set for them every day. We have an indoor, so there's no days we're going to take off. We have a weight program. All of those things is what develops winners. Now, every nine men, you're gonna have a kid that's a stud that comes in your program. You know, I'm loving that every time. But they have to have somebody to run with. It's like last year. A lot of people said when we started off, they they said that we, you know, we weren't that good. We weren't that talented. Um, you know, we're gonna get them this year, we're gonna do that and that. Well, with my coaching philosophy, I'm not trying to beat you at every single track meet. I used to do that. I've grown from that. I'm trying to win championships. So my kids might be in this. This might not look good. That might not look right. But when it all comes together, then the product that I put out on the track is going to be worth watching. So that's how I feel. I think the consistency of a program, because we always like to say over here, the program. That Mm -hmm. is what produces winners. And so when you have this stuff set in stone, a girl that graduated 10, 15 years ago, they can come back. Some of the same stuff is in place. And then you put discipline on top of that. When I say something to my kids, I mean what I say. And I think that I see a lot of programs that um, to me, kids are out of control. And- Mm. And I'm just not, I'm not going to say that not one Lancaster girl has never been out of control because that wouldn't be right and it wouldn't be true. But my job is to reel you back in and make you understand the big picture. This is how we do. You don't get to coach the team. The coaches coach the team. You don't tell me what you want to run. We have a goal sheet. We sit down and we talk about it. And then, I'm gonna find the event that's best for you and I'm gonna to talk to you about it. And 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 that's how I do it. That's that's how this championship program has been laid out. Being consistent, meaning what you say and say what you mean. Mm,
1: my goodness. We are we talking with the, uh, the legendary track coach at Lexington High School. Um, I'm not even sure how long we've been talking about, about 15 minutes so far, give or take. Um, I, I'm really enjoying this. So coach, and and just to kind of hit on what you just said, I, I I never really see your girls in the media fighting or any doing anything like that. I mean, that kind of speaks to what you've created in the tight ship that you run. Um, how do how do you prevent it, Coach, from going to their head? You know, yeah, yeah, won. I mean, you just r- rattled off the numbers with your mind blowing. How, how 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 do how do you keep that 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 fire burning? Uh, you know, without without you know letting it even go to your head, Coach. I mean, is it just the fact that if you can, like you said earlier, you can really focus in. Is it focused? Like what, what does it get you from reading your own press clippings and staying consistent in 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 dominating, if you will?
2: Well, I don't let things go to my head because I was not raised that way. Uh the same people you meet going up, you meet the same people coming down. Mm-hmm. Um I teach my kids to be humble. You you don't have to do a lot of talking. You know, you talk with your feet, you stay humble. You want to stay in a position where God is looking favorably on you. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I just want to win. I'm I'm just going to keep this real right here. The last championship is over. The night that we win a state championship or come in second or third, there's been a time where we've been fifth, the very night, when we get the kids to bed, their curfew and all that, we are talking about how to win the next year. And that it, that's a humble experience because nothing is guaranteed. So I always want to win the ones that we're supposed to win. Last year, we won one that we were not supposed to win. Um, but we, we 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 prepared so we would be ready if it was our turn. So the big head thing, I talk to them about that. Um, And uh, the next team that's ready to beat you is right around the corner. And I tell them that you get to thinking you this and that. Anything can happen in a split second. So but knowing that they're good, I don't have a problem with them knowing that they're good. But don't take anything for granted. Nothing is promised to you. You have to work. You know, and we work over here. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. It's up on the uh, walls in our locker room. So that's how that's how we do it. We just none of the coaches are just us. This us is you know all this. Now we get <laughs> our rings up every now and then and laugh and stuff, take pictures and dress and like just try to keep it like on a level atmosphere um and just not. Take anything for granted. Nobody wants me, to be around somebody that's bragging on themselves all the time.
1: That's true. That's true. That's true. Let me ask you this, because I got a few more questions, coach. So I'm hope I hope we're good on time. I don't want to talk your ear off, and you got to go. Um, I got a few more questions for you, though, coach. So, for instance, that the, the 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 stadium is is the stadium named after you, coach? Yes, it is. Ah, uh, now and I know I asked that like that on purpose i didn't I, I didn't even realize that until a little while ago a couple of years back like wh- wh- what 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 does that mean to you coach? and I mean because that that's a rarity i I don't know you know that that's like for you to still be alive and to see that um what does that mean to you coach what's the what's the responsibility that comes with that?
2: Well, you have to have broad shoulders to wear it, and where it came from is the community leaders got together. I think it was after I won seven state championships in a row and they wanted to do something uh, for coach Humphrey, or whatever. And they came by and they talked to me and all that. And, 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 and I kind of blew it off when they left, you know, cause <laughs> I'm, I'm happy, you know, we winning these state championships. And so the next thing I know uh, they're talking to the superintendent, to the board and all of that. And, they put some signatures together and um my boss at the time was Dr. Larry Lewis and he called Dr. Me. Lewis.
1: I know Dr. Lewis. I'm sorry, yes, Go
2: ahead. I'm sorry over at DeSoto right now. And he no. called me in and he told me what was going on. And they took it to the board. Beverly D. Humphrey, Tiger Stadium. That's how oh, it. Le-
1: yeah, that's amazing too, man. Great honor. Great, great, and how great, great
2: I feel, honor. Let me just put this in. How I feel.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Uh, the pride in her. It's, there's no greater thing. The pride that my mother had and the way she felt about that and being proud of her, of her daughter. Uh, that meant the most to me.
1: That's a good perspective. That's a really good perspective I didn't think about because I'm thinking about it from your perspective of how you feel. But, I mean, I didn't think about to your mother how that will make her feel. That, that's a very interesting perspective. Coach, how like it, it, how involved are you in the sport from a youth perspective? So uh, you got AAU, track, this, that, and the other. Like, how involved are you with this next generation? When I say next generation, I mean, you know, 12, 13, 14, 15, that next crop. Are you, are you involved with the sport? outside of just your particular school?
2: No, I don't do summer track or anything. Uh, I'm the chief of athletics over here. Time track is over. It's football season. Okay. Um, And so I feel real good about the programs uh, that I supervise, the coaches that I'm over, because not only do I put a lot into my program, I put a lot into everybody's program. And so, um, that That is my – I don't have time. I'm the chief of athletics, public relations, <laughs> over cheerleaders, over health and wellness, JROTC. Uh, I could go on and on.
1: You got a lot on your plate, Coach.
2: Yeah, so that's where I spend my time. And in the summer, I don't believe in – excuse me. I don't believe in going to summer track coaches, trying to put teams together, telling them who to run where – I don't do that because I do not want you doing that when I'm in season. So I'll go to the meets and I'll meet kids. They want to take pictures. I'll do that, you know, but at the same time, I have to have family time too. So that's that's how I do it. Let me ask you this, Coach. My junior high.
1: At this this stage of your career, uh, I don't know necessarily how how you would frame it, but at this stage of your career, Coach, I'm going to put you on spot and ask you this. How do you get better? Like, how, how are you growing as a, as a coach and, and, all the different hats that you're wearing? You have the longevity in this thing. How do you, how, how do you keep evolving coach to, to stay sharp?
2: I go to coaching school. Um, I don't go every year, but a lot of times in the summer I'm doing speaking engagements as well, but I go to coaching schools. Uh, coaching school. Um, my head football coach was a Duncanville's um, head track coach, but his main sport is football, but we cut it up sometimes. And when I see other people that I respect what they're doing, I chop it up with them. I'll have coaches that come over here and sometimes they bring their coaching staff and we just sit in here and talk track and chop it up, get ideas from each other. Um, that's basically what I do. I watch the Olympics. I buy tapes. um, And I, I just go from there. And some of the stuff I do is instinct and I trust myself. I trust my instinct, but if there's a better way to do it, I will try it out. And then also bringing new young coaches on the staff, they bring in different drills, different techniques, um And all of that. But the main person that I listen to is going to shock some people is uh I listen to Alan Wilson, who is an ex-head football coach and Carl Lewis. That is my go to.
1: Carl Lewis down there at Houston. Oh, uh, yeah. wow. Wow. And I got to ask that question because, you know, you don't get to a statue like you are being a dummy. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I know things are always evolving and fast is fast, but things are always evolving. Coach, how do you, what do you look for in, in, in a younger coach? You know, what, what do you want them to bring to the table?
2: Well, you always want to try to keep your program young, too. You know, okay. I'm getting that's old. a good point. That's a you great know, point. And you want someone that can relate to kids, to students, athletes, to student athletes. And so, that is the reason and knowledge of what they're doing. I have a, a jump coach, Alexis Brannon, graduated from the University of Texas at Austin, great jumper, won some championships. And so she's on my staff now. Well, she she brings all of that youth, what's going on now, um, the, the new jumping schemes and all of that type of stuff. I'm updated by that by that as well. And then I didn't mention my assistant coaches. I have great assistant coaches. Uh, I have two coaches on my staff that ran for me. And I love having them on the staff. They go off on scholarships. They come back. They say, can we try this or can we try that? And that's a great learning experience for me as well. But um, basically, I don't want to sound...
1: Now you're fine, coach. You you it's been you you been sounding safe. good. Yeah, just gonna say. It. I, okay,
2: I'm gonna go
1: and say it. I have a formula for winning. Yeah, and I I mean, and and I, nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So. I, 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 no, ain't nothing wrong with that, coach. You got a formula for winning, and I mean, when the proof is in the pudding, then you know that that go to what you say. Um, I, I, I I'll fit it. Get ready to shut it down, but I kind of want to interject with it real quick, coach. What did what did you learn about your girls? in the process of winning i don't just mean recently i'm talking about maybe let's go eight nine years ago what what what, what did you learn about those girls what did, what does it take to win you know what i'm saying and we've talked about what it takes with longevity but just looking back let's say a decade ago what what, what 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 did your what did those girls possess that allowed you guys to do what you did
2: it's the lancaster mystique baby now that's why I okay <laughs> okay um it's the program.
1: It is the program. Okay,
2: instilled in you. It's it. You know, we teach them to have that fight. Um, that Webo Nation thing. It's throughout all the programs. Way before I came up with Webo Nation, it was the same thing. The want to be good. The stories I tell them. How we're gonna do this. This is how we act. When we get on the track, we're like this. We're ferocious. Just. It's just a constant instilling in them what a champion looks like and what we're trying to do. We want to be champions. So these are the sacrifices you have to make. At, at the age I am now, I still have my volleyball women that come to my house during Christmas. My track women, the older ones, they come to my house um, in June. They though They are still with me. It's a bond. I can't say every single one, but it's a whole lot of them. We still have that bond. Sometimes they'll call and they'll say, Coach, I have my baby. I can hear <laughs> that. be tough, be tough. It, 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 it's just a, it's a thing. It's, it's not just using them like people might do. It's creating an atmosphere of love. And this is going to last forever when you leave here. And you go on to college because we were preaching to you, you gotta get a degree. I'm still gonna be here through whatever. Yeah. So I hope I answered your question.
1: Now you did, you did. We, we're gonna it, wrap it up. A few more okay. questions. We, we're gonna wrap it up. Coach, what what's the what, what's the future? Like, you know, what is the future? And then I want you to give your give your definition of leadership. So 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 where where y'all are going in the future, and then give me your your definition of leadership. And then we'll wrap it up and uh, we'll, we'll call it a day on this one.
2: Okay. I want to talk about the definition of leadership first. Okay. The best leader is the greatest follower. If you can't follow and learn as you go along, you won't be a great leader. A leader is the person who establishes the formula for what's going to happen. And then you have to teach that to your assistants so that they can truly understand what you're trying to do and then they will follow you. If you don't give them a plan, an idea, a formula of this is why we do this, this is why we do that, this is why the girls can't do this, this is why. When you do that, they will follow you and in return, you're a great leader. Because you people think you just go out on the track And they just run. There's a formula to that. And all of the coaches on staff have to know the formula. And so, in my opinion, that's what makes a great leader. You're organized. You're established. You teach your young ones. You let them have ideas and try different things. It doesn't always have to be your way. You listen. That's a great leader to me.
1: And that sounds like a great, that sound like a program too. I, I offered to ask you before I'd ask, I'd I, I take it out the question, but my another question was, what's the definition of a, a program? And it's kind of,
2: let's see the, hold on. Uh, can you hear me coach? Yes, I do.
1: Okay. I got a phone call come through, but it's kind of like what you're saying about a leader that also fits to, to development of a program mm-hmm. too, right coach?
2: Yes, you're exactly right. And you know, we, we like to say the program, meaning that no one girl or coach or anyone is bigger than the program and the program has been established you have handbooks to guide you along the way as to what you're supposed to be doing what will be tolerated and what won't and when you come out on that track have your mind ready because you are going to train so all of that encompasses All the things in leadership that we're trying to do in the program, this is how we do it. It's done like this. And so that's the reason people can come back from way 15 years ago and talk about the program. So I hope I answered that.
1: No, you did. And, Coach, I, I got to say it again. You might not feel comfortable saying it, but talk about how many of y'all won again when you said that. It, w- it wasn't a brag. You were just saying it, but to talk, say that one more time. with your all championships and stuff. I'll let district. I want to hear that again.
2: Okay. We've won 32 district championships, 30 consecutive. We've won eight area championships. We've won 17 regional championships. 13 state championships and 34 state championships and relays.
1: Oh, wow. And let, let, oh, I love this coach. I, I am so grateful for your time. Let's end with this one coach. Let, we're going to, we going to end it with this one.
2: Okay. Where,
1: where, 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 you want where, where's the program? I mean, y'all y'all have done all this winning, but where y'all, what's the future of the program? And then we'll end with that one.
2: Well, we want to stay strong, um, throughout the years. Um, I like to say my time is short. I'll be retiring, um, you know, a year or two, no more than three. And so I have people in my program that I am grooming uh, to be the next coach or coaches that keeps Lancaster alive in in the sport of track and field. So um, for me... I feel like I'm on point with the staff that I have, you know, and some come and go because every coach wants to be a head coach. But the formula, they know the formula. So the future for me is to see Lancaster girls track team compete on a high level. I didn't say we had to win every state championship every year, uh, but to compete on a high level. And uh, I think we're going in the right direction with that.
1: Well, Coach, when you hang it up, man, I hope you write a book and just tell your story, you know what I'm saying, because you've, you've, you've accomplished a lot, you know, and that, that's not an easy task. Um, Coach, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'm going to send you to your assist in this when I, we finally upload it, and I'm going to probably up, upload some clips uh, in, in just a second because I think that's some good stuff. So thank you for taking uh, the time out to talk to me for a little bit. Uh, much continued success on your journey, and uh, may God continue to bless you.
2: And thank you for having me.
1: Yes, ma'am. Take care. Bye-bye. Right.
2: Bye-bye.